so good. All right, we're going to take a quick, uh, do a quick turn here, make a hard left, and get into the sermon this morning. We're doing a sermon called The Church, and uh, i got to ask, has anybody here heard of the metaverse? Is that a, a word that people have heard about? Um, it's kind of becoming a little bit more popular in the last, I'd probably say, three months. About three months ago, Mark Zuckerberg, the guy who's over Facebook, he made this big announcement that Facebook was no longer going to be called Facebook, but it was going to be called Meta. And uh, I don't know about you, but I've been kind of interested in finding out, okay, what is this whole thing all about? People are saying it's going to become the, the next big thing um, in the future. It's kind of where everything is, is going to be going. And as far as I can tell, maybe you're here this morning, you're going, I've never heard of this thing called Metaverse, and you're going, what the heck are you talking about, Rich? Well, as far as I can tell, and probably you techie people could explain it even better, is it's like this new digital universe that exists within the internet. And so where the internet right now is you grab your, your phone or your laptop and you, you look at it, the metaverse is going to be something where because of virtual reality headsets, you're actually able to go be right inside of the internet, and it's this new universe called, called, called the metaverse. And interest in the metaverse is actually growing. Um, I don't know if you know this, but you can actually go into the metaverse and buy land inside of the metaverse. And uh, back in November, somebody actually paid $2.4 million for a chunk of digital land inside of this metaverse. And uh, interest has grown so much, especially over the past two years, that there are even now virtual churches that are springing up um, within the, the metaverse. And one of the, there, there's one that's, that's pretty well known, it's called VR Church which stands for Virtual Reality Church. And um, it's an actual church community that exists in the internet. They have their own uh, leadership team, their own council. They have their own staff, uh, their own uh, doctrinal statement. They have their own um, uh, small groups, all existing within, within the internet. And so I thought I was going to check this out. And I don't actually have one of those VR headsets. I've never actually even tried one on. But I thought I would check one out. And you can go on your laptop and kind of have the 2D experience with this, this VR church. And it was different than a typical church. You know, typically if you want to check out a new church, what you do is you, you go online, you check out the website, or you, you walk in the back doors and you, you come in here on a Sunday morning to check it out. But the first thing in VR church that you do is you get your little avatar, and then... You, you have to go through some exercises where you learn how to use your avatar and you walk and you have to like do these little, little like walk through these little zones and pick up and grab little things. It was a very interesting experience and um, but once you have it all figured out, you can participate in a virtual church service as your avatar with a bunch of other avatars that actually represent real people. Um, this church, it, it, it has its own pastor it even has a guy that designs virtual worlds where you can, one Sunday they'll have the, 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 the service will be at the Sea of Galilee where you can like be like Jesus and be right there on this, uh, by the Sea of Galilee. Other Sundays it's like a big warehouse type feel. And um, you can even, I don't really have an opinion on that yet as to whether or not that's good or bad. But I did have a little bit of an issue when they, they how they do their baptism services is they actually have the pastor 
the, you can go on YouTube and watch one of these baptism services where the, 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 the person getting baptized goes down into this digital pool of water as their avatar, and there was this one baptism service that's got hundreds of thousands of views. The guy being baptized was named Drumsy. Uh, I think it was like a YouTube character. And on the side of the, the pool as he's getting baptized is a Winnie the Pooh avatar and a Tigger avatar. And it was a whole full-on baptism service. It was, it was crazy. But all that to say, times are definitely changing and in, in church world. And so much so, I don't know how you find all the change, but sometimes I, I find the change, not just in the church, but even outside the church, it can, be, it can be disorienting at times. Where you're going, okay, what even is church anymore? If I log in online every week and watch some pastor from L.A., is that church? If I have devotions on Sunday morning with just my family, is that church? If I hook up my oculus headset and and have vr church and i'm just in a winnie the pooh avatar with a bunch of other avatars is that church what does it mean to be the church and what does it mean to be part of a church and i think like the reason we're doing this series right now is because um you know over the last two thousand years since the church was was born the church actually has had a tendency through different periods and different ages to kind of lose sight of, of, of who they are. And it's not good when that happens, because when that happens, not only does the church miss out on everything that, the, that God has called the church to be, but the world misses out. Because as goes the church, so goes the world. And we saw this happen back in the Dark Ages, of course. The church just kind of disappeared, and it became nothing more than cathedrals and in powerful clergy, then along comes the Reformation, Martin Luther and John Huss and all these guys, and the church was awakened to who they really are through, through that powerful uh, moment and awakening swept across the globe, many people being transformed, coming to Christ, but then the church began to lose sight again of who they were, and the church became nothing more than a building with the, the label church on it in a, in a Sunday morning service, but then along comes the Azusa Street revivals of the early 1900s, and all of a sudden the people of God were awakened to the reality that they were the spirit-filled people of God placed on this, this planet for a, a purpose and, and for a mission, and this brought massive change around the world. But here we are again, and after 50 years of of church declines, especially in the Western church, um, and the church is again losing sight of who we are, even more so um, with all the changes that have been happening in the last, the last two years. And if you don't know what it means to be the church and to be part of the church, you will find yourself doing what more and more people are doing these days, and that is just simply disconnecting from the church, which will not only make the church weaker, it'll make you weaker, and it will also cause the church to miss out and to lose out on the impact that we're called to have in our families, in our city, and in, in, in our nation. But when you know, when you know who you are as a church, and you are, uh, you, you know why we exist, and you carry this deep conviction that being part of, of the church matters, then I believe the church can become everything that Christ envision that his church would be 
And this morning I want to read a, a bunch of scripture And the main text that we're going to hang out in this morning is Ephesians 4 And I believe that this passage of scripture provides probably one of the most compelling pictures in the whole entire Bible Of what the church is and what the church could be And so we're going to read uh, most of Ephesians chapter 4 And um, we're going to start in verse 1 This 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 uh book in the Bible is a letter that was written by the Apostle Paul, and so we're going to start in verse 1 where he writes this. He says, Therefore I, as a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle, be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one Spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. Isn't that good? You have been called to one not despairing, not not hopeless future, but you've been called to one glorious hope for the future. He goes on to write, there's one Lord, there's one faith, there's one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, who is in all, who is living through all. However, he has given each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. And then we're going to drop down to verse 11 where he continues to write, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do His work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, now catch this. This is the vision that Christ, who inspired Paul to write these words, this is the the, the vision that Christ has for us, his church. He says, instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Isn't that a great picture? His vision for his church is that we would be united in spirit, that we would be filled with hope and not despair, that each person is doing their heart for their part to help others grow, that we'd be grounded in our faith, not tossed back and forth, speaking the truth in love. Everybody, the whole body, growing in healthy, Christ-like, speaking the truth in love. If the church were a garden— you could say that Christ's vision for his church isn't that we'd be a garden where the, 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 the plants are wilting and the fruit is just, you know, it's, it's stunted and it's, it's just shriveled up and dying and just barely staying alive. It's just brown and dead. That's not his vision. His vision is that we would be a garden that is full of greenery. It's full of life. It is flourishing. The fruit is popping out on all the different plants and vines. 
it accomplishing its purpose. It's full of life, full of great big juicy fruit. And if we want to be that church, do we want to be that church? Getting there starts with knowing who the church is and what it means to be a part of one. And it's knowing who the church is and, and, and what it means to be a part of of a church. Last week we took a, a pretty broad approach to what the church is. We looked at how the church is is uh, first and foremost the church is the people of God. Those who have put their faith and trust in Jesus. If you are if you put your faith and trust in Jesus, you are a part of the church. And we also looked last last week at how the church is not just the people of God. The church, the people of God, we are the house of God. His spirit lives inside of us. Lives inside of us. We're the people of God, the house of God. And, and this is really the broadest way to look at the church. The church is everyone, everywhere, um, who have put their faith and trust in Jesus. Theologians have a word for this. They call this the universal church, meaning that everybody around the world, both living and those who have passed on or in the presence of Jesus, who have put their faith and trust in Jesus, they are a part of of the church, the universal church. So, but there's not only the universal church, there's also the local church. The local church. It's the church that, that you call home. It, it's the church that, that you're a part of. I personally have been a part of, um, this last week I went back through my life and counted how many local churches I've been a part of. I've been a part of 10 local churches in my life. One of the very first churches was in Bishop, California. It was called the Foursquare Indian Fellowship. And you can go there today, and it's uh, the, the building that we met in is actually still there. It's like completely broken down in the middle of this, like, it looks like a haunted forest. It's just, it doesn't look good. But another church I was a part of, my dad started in this little logging community up in British Columbia called Ocean View Christian Assembly. And, and then, of course, here we are, part of CTK Ferndale. Ten churches all together. And in the Bible, we see that it actually differentiates between the universal church and the local church. In the text that we just read, Paul is writing it both to the universal church, so he's writing it to us today, but he's also writing it to a very specific local church, the church of Ephesus. And, and as he does, we see him re referencing the universal church, and that he says there's one body. Um, he refers to Christ as being the head of his body, the church. That's the universal church. But then he's, he's writing to this, this local church. In other places in Scripture, we see that the local church is defined by, by where they met. Um, in 1 Corinthians 16, 19, it says, um, this is Paul again writing, and he, and he addresses the churches in the province of Asia, saying, they send you greetings. Aquila and Priscilla greet you warmly in the, in the Lord, and so does the church that meets at their house. And so he's talking about a very specific local church. And listen, God's plan has always been for believers to not only be a part of the universal church, but his plan has always been that we be a part of a local church. And there's this thinking out there that, that I don't really need to be a part of a church. I'm just a part of the universal church. I love Jesus. I read my Bible and I pray. And, and local church, that's kind of optional, but, but that's never been God's plan. And there's different, all kinds of different reasons why people are not a part of a local church. 
Um, you know, one of the reasons that people aren't a part of one is, is simply because they go, I just don't have enough time in my schedule. It just feels like another activity. I got lots of stuff going, and I just don't have time to be a part of a local church and be involved. Other people are like, I don't want to be a part of a local church because in the past I was hurt by a local church. People said things. People did things. Someone didn't meet my expectations. Maybe a leader hurt you or a leader— said something or didn't say something and so you're going i don't want to be a part of the local church because it just it's too hurtful i don't want to take that risk again other people are just going i don't want to be a part of a local church because they've just been disillusioned with the church the church spends too much money on buildings or the church spends not enough money on helping people that are in poverty or the church is too inward focused it's not progressive enough or it's not traditional enough it's, it just isn't what it used to be way back in the day when I was a kid and, and they're just disillusioned by church and so they don't want to be connected to a local church there's all kinds of different reasons these are just a few of the reasons but here's the thing God never intended for you to, to be connected to the universal church alone he never intended that. That was never a part of his plan. His plan from the very beginning has always been that you, you, you not just be connected to a local church, but that you be engaged in a local church. This was always his plan. Never his plan that, that you follow him on your own. And in these verses that we read in Ephesians, we see a lot of reasons why it's important to be a part of a, a local church. And why it's important to be engaged in a local church. Um, one reason is this. You need people in your life who can be Jesus to you. You need people in your life who can be Jesus to you. Obviously, we can't see Jesus. He's gone off into heaven. He's here through the power of the Holy Spirit. And you need people who are going to be Jesus to you in your life. Who are going to be his 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 grace, his patience, his goodness, his encouragement to you. There's this verse in, in, in Ephesians 4 that we just read where it talks about how um, the church is called to make allowances for each other's faults because of our love. And we all have had those moments in our lives and in our, our, our faith journey where we have just screwed up and we've messed up and maybe we've just wandered away from God Maybe we did something that, that we just knew was not what God was asking us to do. And guess what we need in those moments? We don't, we don't just need to experience and taste the grace of Jesus directly from Him. We also need to experience it through people. And some of the most transformational moments in my life have come when I have screwed up, I've made a massive mess of things, and I share that with someone who's also a believer, and, and rather than condemnation and judgment, they just show the grace of Jesus. They are Jesus to me in that moment. That is healing, that is freeing, in, in a way that, that just wouldn't happen otherwise. Now, yes, the church has had reputation at times for doing the opposite of when someone makes a mistake, we pounce on them, but listen, that's, never, that's not the way of Christ. But we need, we need people who are going to be Jesus, who are going to show us His mercy, who are going to show us His love, who are going to show us His kindness and His grace. Second reason that, that it's important to be connected and engaged in a local church is, is simply because Jesus commands it, and it's a matter of simple obedience. Scripture says, 
make every effort to keep yourselves united, binding yourselves together. Make every effort. Make every effort to stay united, to stay connected, to stay, to stay together. And, and of course, the last two years, it's taken a lot more effort, hasn't it? It's been, it has been challenging. It has been hard. A week does not go by where I'm just like, I feel disconnected and not as connected as, as we, we should be as a church because of just everything that's gone on. But, but the Bible doesn't say, stop, stop trying to be connected and united and, and bound together. No, the Bible says, make every effort. You got to do whatever you can to stay connected. Even if that for you just means today you're going, I, I, I'm just going to, I've got no strength, I've got no energy, I've got nothing, all I've got is enough to just like click the Facebook button and log on. You, whatever you got to do, you got to stay connected, make every effort to be connected, the Bible says. And, and, and what Scripture is saying here is, it doesn't make a suggestion, it's this command. It's this command. Listen, you do not have to pray about whether or not to be connected to a local church. You don't have to pray about that. You don't have to go, God, should I be connected? Now, now yeah, there's seasons where maybe you pray about which church to be connected to, but whether or not to be connected, that's never something that you have to pray about because God makes it very, very clear in Scripture. Make every effort to be united, binding yourselves together. He commands it. It's a matter of obedience. Third reason why you need to be connected and engaged in the local church is, is without it, you're more susceptible to the attack of the enemy. And one of the results of being connected to a church, um, according to what we just read in Ephesians, is that we'll no longer be blown and tossed by every new teaching. We won't be influenced by lies. Instead, we will be anchored in the truth. Will be will be will be anchored. Will be well. There's this protection that comes from being connected in any church family, and when you anchor yourself to a church community where truth is taught, you will be able to stand against the attacks of the enemy much better than if you were all out on your own. You just will. It's just it's just it's just it, that's a reality of life. When you have people around you to love you and care for you and support you. To watch your back, you'll be much more able to withstand the attacks of the enemy. And, and uh, there's this verse actually in, in Acts 20, 28, and, and there's this, this, this encouragement to church leadership in, in particular in this verse. And it talks about how one of the jobs of church leadership is to keep watch over all the flock. And then in that same passage, it goes on to talk about how savage wolves will come in and try to do harm. There's this protection that comes when you are a part of a local church. And, and this all comes from being connected. You have leaders and friends who care about you. And, and just take the past couple of years. It can be so easy um, to believe the lies of the enemy that you are all alone, that, that there is no hope, that life's just too hard, following Jesus is just too hard, but what I find, and maybe you find this too, is that when I get around other believers, just, even just like what was happened here in the, in the past hour, when I get around other believers and I, I hear someone singing a song about how not for a minute was I forsaken, when I hear someone 
worshiping Jesus, and I, 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 I hear someone else sharing a story just about how they're going through something too, guess what that does? It encourages me, and it reminds me that, that I am not alone, that, that there are others that are going through this too, that God is for me, and what does that do? It builds up my faith. It makes, it makes me strong in, in Jesus, and it thins off the attack of the enemy. When you have people around you, you are, you're just way better prepared to withstand the attack of the enemy. Fourth reason why it's important to be a part of the church is um, if we're not, our witness in the world is limited. It's limited. We all know what happens on Christmas Eve, right? Like we get the candles and, and we light these candles and we've all seen it before how one candle can push back darkness a little bit but you get a lot of candles, you get a lot of light in a dark room, and it pushes back that darkness a whole lot more. And, and people are surrounded by darkness. People are broken. And our world needs Jesus. It needs Jesus. And yes, you can make a difference on your own, but that difference, especially in these times where the onslaught of secularism and the onslaught of this world, you know, the church, the position of the church, especially in the Western church, has changed a lot in the last 20 years. More so even in the last five to 10 years, where at one time the, the world was just okay with ignoring us. Now the position of the world has shifted to being more against the church. And, and as the, the tide of secularism and the tide of the world rises and rises and rises. Guess what? If we're going to be a light in this world, we need one another. We need one another. Our, our witness in this world will be limited if we, try, if we try to be a light on our own. We need people around us. Can you imagine if Jesus, rather than calling 12 disciples, he goes, I'm just going to call mm, Peter. Peter, you're just going to hang out with me, just you, for the next three years. I'm going to train you in what it means to be a follower of me, and I'm going to train you in, in, in my ways, and I'm going to teach you. And then when Jesus goes off into heaven, he just leaves Peter by himself. And then Peter's just got to—Peter's got to—he's got to be this witness. He's got to be the one that goes and makes disciples of all nations. Can you imagine? I mean, you can't even really imagine that, right? Because it's just— that's just not the picture at all of, of how Christ intended things to be, and yet we do it so often in our world today. Where we, just, we just think, I don't need everybody. Our light will be much smaller by ourselves. We, we, were, we were called, it was God's plan that we have people around us, because when we have people around us and we do this thing together, it, it makes our light, it makes our witness in this world that much brighter. Fifth reason why you need to be connected and engaged in the local church is because your church need you. Your church needs you. You have an important role to play in your church. And in our text, we see that your local church is supposed to be a place where you are equipped, where you're trained to do the work that God's called you to do to build up His church. And, and throughout the New Testament, places like 1 Corinthians 12 to 14, we see how everybody has a gift. Everybody. You have a gift that God has given you for the purpose of building up your local church. You have this, this role to play that, that is so critical to the life of your local church that God says, I'm going to empower you with my Holy Spirit so that you can do this role that, that I'm calling you to, to do. 
And when you do whatever that rule is, you know what happens? The church is built up. It's strengthened. It grows. Like this picture we saw. It grows. It's empowered to be the people of God and live out the mission of God locally and globally wherever it is that God leads us to. You have a role to play in your church. And, and it, it, it might be a role that, that maybe everybody sees. It might be a role that nobody sees. It might be a role that you think of as just a small, insignificant role. It doesn't matter what it is. Every role, every, every, every gift and every calling that God has on people in His church is important. It's so important. I think we're going to be shocked one day when we get to the other side of eternity and we see just how critical and vital our role was in the life of the church. You know, maybe your gift is that, that God's given you. Maybe your role is encouraging people. And you just look at that as a behind-the-scenes role, but you have no idea how that, that word of encouragement that you gave to somebody at that moment when they were at their, the end of their rope, you have no idea how that shifted it shifted their life for eternity. You have no idea. Maybe you go, my role is just, it's in the background. Maybe you're, you're part of our camera team or our sound team, and, and, and people don't even see it most of the time. But you have no idea how you helping put this together and, and enable people online to be able to take part in this service. You have no idea how that's making a difference in somebody's life right here, right now, in this moment. Your church needs you. Your church needs you. And it doesn't matter if you're young or old. Your church needs you. And then the last reason why it's important to be connected and engaged in, in your local church is this. You need a local church to become like Jesus. You need a local church if you're going to become like Jesus. I'd be so bold to say you cannot become like Jesus. It's impossible to become like Jesus, disconnected and doing life in isolation. You just, you, you can't. You can't. Um, see, here, here's what happens. As I serve my church, as God's called me to serve His church, um, as I am connected to people, as God's called me to be connected to people, as I get around people, Scripture says that something, something is going to happen in me as I'm connected with and engaged in a local church. Something, scripture says something's going to happen. The picture that it has here in Ephesians 4 is that I'm going to become mature in the Lord. I'm going to become mature in the Lord. And you know what that ultimately looks like? What are the two greatest commands in Scripture? That we are going to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then what are we going to do? We're going to love people as well. We're going to become people who love Jesus with everything we have. We're going to be people who love others like Jesus loves us. As I'm connected and engaged in my local church, and then as we grow and grow more and more like Jesus, Ephesians 4.16 says that, that he, he's going to make his whole body fit together perfectly as each one does its own special work. It's going to help the others grow. And what's that going to look like? It's going, the whole body is going to become healthy and growing and full, full of love. You need, you need your local church to become like Jesus. You just do. You cannot follow Jesus in isolation. You're not just a believer. You are a member of the body of Christ called the church.
And as we close, and, and Eve, you and the team can come back up. Um, as we close, can we just this morning, can, can we have a moment where, where we just do some honest reflection on where we're at and, and how connected and how engaged we are with, with a local church? Where, 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 are we, where are you at? And I know this last two years has been crazy strange. And, 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 and maybe where you're at, you, you, you've just become disconnected, you've become disengaged. But where, where are you at? And I just encourage you in, in these moments just to let the Holy Spirit come. And, and don't let this be, be re, rich speaking this morning. Let, let God speak to you in this moment and just speak to you about where you're at. Maybe you're here this morning and you, at one time, way back in the day, maybe 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago, you, you were just super connected and super engaged, but somewhere along the way, you just got disconnected. Disconnected. Disengaged. Maybe disillusioned. Maybe somebody hurt you. Maybe the church just was not what you thought it, it was supposed to be, and you just, you just got disengaged. Or maybe you're here this morning, and, 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 and church has always been your dad and mom's thing. And God's saying, no, it's, it, you are called to be a part of the church too. Maybe you're here this morning, and, and, and you just have let yourself become just, just bitter, angry, whatever it might be. And God this morning is calling all of us. He's calling us to, to once again come to this place where we go, okay, I, 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 I'm not just called to be a part of the big church, but I am called to be a part of a church and not just be a part of the church, but I am called. He is inviting you and me to, to believe and to have faith to believe that he's going to work through that local church, that he's going to do miraculous things in the lives of those who are part of that church, that he's going to grow them, that he's going to make us like that healthy, flourishing garden, and not just for our sake, but so that we can be a light, so that we can bring Bring Jesus, the hope of Jesus, to a world that desperately, desperately needs it. I'm asking you this morning, are you, will you have faith to believe that? Will you have faith to believe that today? And not just to believe it, but to go, okay, God, what are you asking me to do? What are you asking me to change? How are you asking me to connect? How are you asking me to engage? And then not just to have the faith to say it and to think it, but then to have the faith to take a step in the direction that God's asking you to go. Will you have faith to believe that today? Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I just want to say thank you for your church. God, not just in the sense of the, the big C church, the universal church, but God, thank you for the local church. God, I thank you, Lord, for this church. God, for CTK Ferndale, God, for this, this community of believers that, God, you planted here in this city. God, thank you so much for, for all that you have done through this church already. God, thank you so much for the lives that have been changed, that are being changed, God, through the work and the ministry of the people of this church. God, I thank you that you are building your church here in this city. God, I thank you that you're making us more like you. God, I thank you that you are, are growing us and making us mature in you, loving you with all of our heart and loving people more and more. Thank you for that. 
And God, this morning, I just want to thank you that, God, you are inviting us and calling us, God, to a deeper place of connection and engagement. And God, I don't even know exactly what that looks like for each person here, but God, you do. And so, Jesus, I pray, God, that for each person, God, who's listening, who's, who's hearing the conviction of the Holy Spirit, I pray, God, that you would show them, Lord, what that looks like. God, to connect on a greater level and God, to engage on a greater level. And God, that looks different. God, obviously in this, just how things have changed so much, but God, I pray that you would show us what that looks like. God, show us what that looks like. And as we do, I pray, God, that you would encourage your church and God, that your spirit would, would be poured out and poured through your church. God, so that the world may know that you are God, so the world may know who you are. And God, I just want to thank you, Lord, for this time that we've had together. God, thank you for this meeting where we've just been able to be encouraged and bless you and, and worship you. And God, may we this week, God, go knowing that you are for us and not against us. God, I pray that we would leave this week full of faith, God, full of love, God, rooted and established in your love for us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.